Welcome to the Bridget and Josh Show. I'm Bridget. I'm Josh. And this is a podcast where we talk about stuff we think young Catholics should care about. This week, we think you should care about the system. What is the system? So, the system is the way that our government works. So, at the moment, we are a constitutional monarchy and we have a parliamentary democracy. So, that is how our government represents us, the Australian people. There's a few things we can talk about when we talk about this. So, what's... uh, So, how is, like, Australia made up? So... It's it's a big system. There's a lot of us. And so it takes a big system to interact with the Australian people. So there's a couple of different levels. There's federal, state and territory are our three kind of divisions of power. So federal is all of Australia. State stuff is the states, obviously. Um, and states also have another level of government, which is local government, which would be like your councils yeah. and stuff. We don't have that in Canberra because we're a territory. So, so yeah. We just have TAMs, which is Territory and Municipal Services. Lovely. So nice they run acronym. our bins. Yeah, you know? cool. Um, and they do most of the stuff that councils yeah. do. Um, so, yeah, those are our three main things. So state, territory, territories have a little bit of a slightly different way of interacting with the yeah. federal government. But, um, yeah. yeah, it all came from federation. Yeah, and that's a cool thing, right? Like... Um, you know, back in on eighteen, the eighteen nineties and that sort yeah. of stuff, all the different colonies that they were at the time were like, hey, you know, we kind of feel like we're got this kind of identity that's coming forward, mm. and you know, it, we feel like we could probably work together and that sort of stuff. And they said, well, why don't we actually come together and form one big country? Yeah, and you know, people like New South Wales and Victoria, who are these really big, you know, real populous sort of states, like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. Melbourne was the second biggest city in the empire after really? London. Yeah, it was that. big. Really Marvelous cool. Melbourne. It was booming. See, I wouldn't know that because I'm from Sydney. We get the Sydney propaganda. That's, oh, uh, that true. always thinks Melbourne sucks. But, um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Probably the, that's probably the, like, the whole gold rush stuff, right? Like, yeah, all the yeah. Way up, yeah, that's cool. They kind of lied. Melbourne was like, we're super close to the gold fields. And then it was like days travel yeah, to yeah. Ballarat and Bendigo. But a oh, bit of false advertising, never hurt anyone. It's all get good. You, get your places. Get your places. And, yeah. But then you think about like, you think of like Queensland, especially like Tasmania, yeah. South Australia. They're like, well, we kind of like the idea, but you guys are really, really big and mm. we're really small. And we're worried that if we make this one big giant country, all the things that we care about, and the things that are important to us and our rights and all that sort of stuff, they're not going to be protected. So how do we come up with a solution? One big word, federation. Federation. Which is kind of like, well, we have a federal government which looks after stuff that's kind of national and yeah. you know, all those stuff. You can look at Section 51 of the Constitution says all that sort of stuff for Ooh, those nerds out there. Yeah, look, I, that's one of the few things I remember from <laughs> my, my first sort of politics class in Notre Dame. But um, 
but then the, the states are kind of like, well, we actually want to reserve certain powers to us so we can actually look at what how we uh, can look after ourselves in the best possible way. And there's also things that impact how yeah. the parliament's set, but we can talk about that in a little bit. So, exactly. Um, and the states, like, at the time, it's a bit hard to imagine now, but at the time they were separate colonies. They were basically mm-hmm. like separate countries, yeah. you know. They had different laws. Uh, South Australia had given women the right to vote and stand in election, um, but the other states hadn't. So there was definitely a lot of debate about who was going to get yeah. what what was going to change and what was going to be able to stay the same even really practical stuff like the the, the width of the train lines yeah. were different the train gauges were different you know so once you, if you were traveling from melbourne to sydney you'd have to get off the train at albury yeah uh, well get off the train at wodonga and cross yeah. over to albury and get on a whole nother train um same thing happened between new south wales and queensland yeah. as well like you couldn't catch a train all the way through australia yeah. Whereas that's kind of, and that's obviously that's changed a little bit now. But yeah. it's, I think, I, I guess, I guess it goes to show just how, uh, I guess, how different the places were. Mm. And you still kind of get that. Like I'm from Sydney, living now in Melbourne, uh, and I feel like it feels like a different, not really a different country, but there's really there's a different culture around the place. Absolutely. I think a lot of that hangs over from from the pre from the pre federation sort of days. So exactly. But you know, we're talking a bit. You know, I guess we'll kind of focus on the federal government. I guess because that's kind of the thing which is probably common to. You know, yeah. Unless we go international and there's people from oh. you know, Vladivostok or something listening to us. They're like, why is it not in Russian? But anyway, um, I guess we can focus on the federal. And this yeah. is probably true to some of the states. But um, how is the federal government organised? Like, how does it kind of work? So there's three branches of government. Um, they're called branches or... That's another word. I don't know. Branches. Yeah. I like it. It's branches a three. You know, it's cute. So there's the legislature, the executive and the judiciary. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. Big, complicated words, but yeah. um, the legislature, they, like, make and debate the laws. So, legislation is run by the legislature. That makes sense. Yeah. So, that is, like, the House of Reps, which is also known as the lower house, mm-hmm. and the Senate, the upper house, and together that makes up parliament. Yeah. And they do the laws and stuff like that for Australia. And then you've got, like, the executive right. They're the people who execute or administer or put the laws into action. Yeah. Um, and so, the Queen... Um, is the head of state and they have a representative here called the Governor General. Yep. Um, GG, which at the moment is David Hurley, I think. He used to be the, yes. the Governor of New South Wales. Um, and uh, and so the Queen's really technically in charge, but usually what happens is they give the, the Queen gives her power to uh, to the Cabinet and that's headed yep. by the Prime Minister. And so the, the executive is made up, usually is made up of uh, members of the, parla- of, the, of, of, the, of the Parliament who yep. are from the party that has the largest number of members in the lower house or a coalition of parties. So yeah. usually when the Liberals and Nationals are in, in power, that's a coalition government. So you've got ministers who are from the Liberal Party, mm-hmm. ministers who are also from the National Party. And so yep. their job is to, they run the government departments, um, not just by themselves, they have this big thing called the uh, the public service. Canberrans know the public service. Canberrans love the public service. Big fan. <laughs> and so they basically run everything. Yep. And, you know, without the public service, Canberra would kind of be extremely unemployed. Yeah, um, So, yeah, and that's uh, their job is to sort of take what the le- what the legislators say are the, are the laws and they then kind of put that into, into practice and say, exactly. okay, well, let's... Exactly. Of- and everything comes through that legislature and everything is technically stuff like laws and acts and bills yeah. because, like, even, for example, the museum... That is run by the public service and it's run by the government. So there yeah. is an act of parliament saying, you know what we should have? We should have a national museum. Yeah. It can talk about Australia's history. And it can talk about the way that we live our lives. So everything is politics. Yeah, right. So that's, yeah, it really comes down to everything is politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other branch of government is the judiciary. Yeah. Judiciary? 
yeah, judiciary, yeah. like judges and stuff. Yeah, so cool. that's the high courts and they um, they apply the laws, really. Yeah. So they are the ones that are like, here's the law. Did you break it? Did you not? Yeah. So that aside, like I mm-hmm. think we can probably chat a bit more about, you know, the legislature and the executive because they're probably more yep. the stuff that impacts us on the day-to-day, right? So I guess both of those are made up with these big scary people that we call politicians, <gasps> you know? Time. So... Who like who are these politicians and 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 are there differences between them? Where do they, what do they do? Where do they meet together? All that sort of stuff. Yeah. So politicians, um, they usually when we talk about politicians, there's a bunch of people that we're talking about. Most of the time, we're talking about people who are MPs, members of parliament. Um, so they're from the House of Reps or senators. Yep. So they're the people who are doing the decision making, doing the debating, that kind of stuff. The people that we see the most of out of those politicians are usually um, ministers. So they're people who've been assigned what's called a portfolio. So so a portfolio is something like health or education or home affairs or foreign affairs or Mm. just whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So they run the government departments and stuff and they, um, so they're the key people. And they're also known as front benchers because they sit at the front of the bench um, because they're the ones who kind of have a voice over that particular department and that particular issue that faces Australian society. I always find it really funny, like, you get, like... Because you have, like, the centers like, Home Affairs, Treasurer, the Prime Minister. They kind of don't change, right? But then you got all these kind of politically, like, message, message, massage sort of titles, like, the Minister for Innovation or the Minister Assisting the Prime Minister for Being Awesome or we really want to value this part of Australia, so the Minister for Northern Australia because more people should vote for the Nationals or whatever it is, right? Right. So you get you kind of get these this weird mix of like, and they all have departments, right? But they yeah. have these weird kind of names, you know. Like, you know, like I found that really interesting when Malcolm Turnbull took over from Tony Abbott. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his whole thing was like, we want innovation and all that sort of stuff. So he yeah. made him minister for innovation, and so they probably they they and the department itself doesn't change its name necessarily. No. Sometimes yeah. it does. Like Home Affairs is a good example where they can they pull all these things together, but. Um, but yeah, usually they'll plug into one of the pre-existing departments, mm-hmm. but they kind of give, give it this name. And, and that's actually a good way that you can figure out what's actually the government's priorities at the moment. Exactly. You know, what are the things that they're really wanting to communicate to the Australian people yep. that they think is really important? And also, you know, all the things that they're wanting to address. So, yes. um, you know, Angus Taylor at the moment is the minister for the reduction of carbon emissions or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's his title, something like that, right? And so it's um, his real thing is he's the re- minister for resources and energy, but they tag they tag this second line onto it to kind yeah. of go like, hey, this is really important, or hey, we need to look like we're doing something about this so people exactly. realise that we kind of think it's important, whether they yep. are or not, right? I think so. But yeah, it's important because it all matters the way that this is being communicated to people because for the most part, it's all about image. It's yeah. about like what does it look like we're doing and what are we actually doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Those and, things are yeah, so I've do. heard there's lots of different ministers, right? But they yeah. they all don't have the same power, right? So you've, no. some are more important than others, would you reckon? Yeah, yeah. So the like key people, the most important, yeah. are the cabinet. So they're the ones who are like best pals with the PM, yeah, and yeah. they are like, like you've peaked. If you're in the cabinet, <laughs> that's where you want to be, really. <laughs> like if you're the kind of politician who like wants to be a minister and wants to be in power and wants yeah, to make a yeah. difference, like. The cabinet is what you're really aiming for because they're the ones who, like, make those key decisions and do, like, big votes and do the debating and do all of that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, the cabinet. I I, um, A couple of years ago, I... Well, I bought it a long time ago, but I eventually got around to reading um, Gareth Evans' 
his cabinet diaries and so Gareth Evans is the Attorney General and then the Minister for Resources and he's mm-hmm. most famous for being the Foreign Minister yes. under Bob Hawke and then Paul Keating and anyway fascinating character but he, his book is basically just his diaries from when he was a cabinet minister it's a really fascinating look into mm-hmm. the people around the table how it all works the way they go around they discuss things and you know that it's not just about the Prime Minister going this is what we want to do sometimes that yeah. happens but the Prime Minister going okay well let's actually come to a cabinet you know let's have a let's work as a team mm. um, and the and the second, and the and that showed the importance of that process in how Australia is governed they call it you know the cabinet style of government you, yep. and you've heard you, you can see plenty of stories around when that probably hasn't worked that well. You know, there's often criticisms made about Tony Abbott, um, Kevin yeah. Rudd, especially in whether they're true or not, of, of members of those cabinets or from their parliamentary parties saying, yeah. hey, look, the cabinet system's actually broken down and that's actually what's made it really hard for the government to achieve its legislative agenda. Exactly. Um, and that's just really interesting because it shows the importance of that, um, of that, I guess, that part, that institution or the part of the institution yeah. of, of the ministry um, the executive to ensure that Australia is actually being governed really well and moving forward in the best sort of best way that it can. Yeah, and it's interesting that they're like cabinet diaries because the cabinet, like cabinet meetings, yeah. are so insanely secure. Yeah, like yeah. It, you can't take in mobile phones. There's no recordings. There's no mm. nothing. Like that is the place where they're able to talk almost like excessively freely. Yeah, they're like, we yeah. will talk about any of the options that could be on the table, and then what we take out of here is what we're showing to the world. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you and the, the, a big way to know if there's sort of dissension within the the, the government or if there's yeah. some in you know infighting and political turmoil is if stuff starts leaking out of cabinet. You yep. know that you hear you start seeing you know blind sources in the newspaper talking about you know um, this happened at cabinet or the, yeah. the prime minister was rolled by the cabinet. You know that the cabinet went the opposite direction of what the prime minister wanted to do, and that's when you can kind of go, hey, I can kind of see that something's not quite right here, and that's yeah. a good indicator. That's why journalists jump on it so much because yep. they go, hang on, there's something isn't actually working right because nine times out of ten um, ministers are really respectful of that and and mm. and uh, anyone that had you know whether it's cabinet secretaries or the people who are working for yep. the cabinet um you know so it's actually a good indicator when stuff starts leaking you can't you can sort of go oh there's actually something not quite right here with the, the way the government's working so yeah yeah exactly. it's pretty cool so yeah. <laughs> um yeah so cabinet members and ministers mm-hmm. and stuff usually there's like a, 20 of them are from the House of Reps and about 10 of them are from the Senate um, on both sides. So if you're in government or if you're in opposition, Mm. if you're government, then you have the actual ministers. And then if you're in opposition, then you have what's called the shadow ministers. Mm. So they lurk and are like... (laughs) (laughs) They're they're people who like, if they were in government, that's what Mm. they would do. And they usually kind of are paired with the opposite of someone in the government side. And that's important. And I think that's, you know, the opposition has an important role and so yeah. the, the opposition is uh, generally it's made up it's the largest party that isn't in government so yeah. at the moment um, you know Scott Morrison is in government with the the, the coalition of the mm-hmm. Liberal Party the National Party and the ALP obviously is the next biggest party they've got have 60 something 65 seats or something yeah. whatever it is um, and so they then form you know I think the proper title is Her, Her Royal Majesty's Opposition and that's what they call it in the UK <laughs> I don't know if it's as, as sort of you know, stiff and rigid as that over here, but um, and and that's actually an important job. And they're and yeah. they're they've got a couple of roles. One is that they kind of they have to be presenting themselves as an alternative government. They have to sort of go, okay, well, we can actually be, you know, if the government's doing this, we want to show you what if 
if we're in government, how yeah. we will respond to this situation, yeah. which is important. But also, I, probably their biggest role is to hold the government to account. Exactly. Um, and so the fact that we have the three different branches of government, you know, the, we were talking about the legislature, the executive and yeah. the judiciary. That the power is split across those three branches to stop any one group or any one person having a complete control. Exactly. And so the opposition serves to really help to really ensure that that is, um, again, that that power is really held in with some good checks and balances to ensure that what's best for the Australian people is really what's being done. And if it isn't, that they can really, they have a, I guess, an avenue or a, or a way that they can really say it really clearly and, and, and strongly saying, hey, this is what's going on and we want to make yeah. you aware of it, Australian people. Um, and so that when it comes to the next election, you've got all the information you need to sort of go, okay, well, exactly. the opposition, you know, Anthony Albanese is pointing out this is happening and he's right. And, mm. oh, you know, they might go, well, Anthony Albanese said this and we don't quite agree with him. You know? yep. So they have that choice. So they actually have two viable, well, at least two viable options that are available to them when they, it comes to electing a, a new government or returning the government that's, that's going into election in power. Exactly. And that accountability is also why we have the House of Reps and the Senate. Mm. So our whole system is built on being able to keep each other in check and yeah. being able to really like call out each other. Mm. You know, like the opposition calls out the government, mm. the Senate calls out the House of Reps, yeah. and they all just like work together to be able to be like, let's keep this working yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Senate kind of keeps the government in the House kind of accountable, right? So that's yeah. That's exactly what you're saying. So. Um, what are some of the other differences between the House and the Senate? So one of the key differences is the amount of people that are there and also who they represent. So there are 151 members of mm-hmm. the House of Reps and those members represent smaller local areas yeah. that are called electorates. So, for example, my electorate in a federal election is called Bean. Hmm. Yeah. Bridget from Bean, right? Bridget from Bean. Yeah, That's yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Featured on the ABC and the uh, <laughs> Moad Instagram. Very famous. Yeah. Extremely. Rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> so my yeah. So my local electorate is Bean, mm-hmm. um, and so there's stuff like Eden Monero, there's Wills, there's like stuff from all over the place, um, and that is they represent approximately 150,000 people, yeah. um, and they vary from state to state. They mm-hmm. also vary in size, so it's um, in physical size. So yeah. the smallest one is in Sydney. I think it's called Wyndham or something. Do you know what it's called? Grainler? Maybe. Grainler. It's Grainler. Grainler is the smallest one. Yeah. Yeah. And it is tiny size wise, but it is the same population as like an enormous chunk of WA. Yeah. 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 So the biggest ones in WA and it's like kilometers wise. Huge. Enormous. Yeah. So it's about representing the people rather than the land. And that keeps us equally represented yeah, which is that's the why whole they point. look sort of different right like, yeah. yeah exactly it's like it might be Durac or something it's huge yeah. and you're like in a city Melbourne or Sydney and these little tiny pockets yeah tiny like, like Batman and stuff codes yep. and stuff yeah tiny cool so um, that's how we keep people like equally represented yeah yeah so that way even though it might look on a map that there's like huge blue and red sections mm. each of those is representing just one yeah. area um, but the Senate is kind of the opposite. The mm. Senate is representing the state as a whole. Yeah. So you'll have all of your New South Wales senators, all of your Victoria senators, and they aren't specific to local areas. Like yeah. a senator might come from your local area, but they're talking about the interests of the state. Mm. And that actually links back to federation. Yeah. Because they wanted 
the states to have equal representation yeah. so that it wasn't just Victoria and New South Wales dominating at the time. Yeah. Um, so that's why even Tasmania, even though it's tiny, has an equal amount yeah. of representation in the Senate. Hmm. Um, the territories don't, though, hmm. so because they their system is different and we yeah, can talk about that. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> There's a different way of working with the territories. Yeah. They only get, like, two. Yeah. So they have much less representation in the Senate. But um, that's just because of how the system works. And And so the states get 12, the territories get 2, and that's how you come to your magic number of 76, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. Yeah, so 76 is the whole number in the Senate. Yeah, that's really cool. They also have different colours. That's a big one. So the House of Reps is red. No, it's not. I always think that. It's green. But I feel like the Senate has like... I feel like the Senate has a green vibe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like because there's lots of greens in there, but we'll come to that later. But yeah. Anyway, I totally stuffed that up. Anyway, so they're red and green. And that's actually based on the system in London. Like their Parliament House is green and red. But in Australia, it's very much toned down. Yeah. Because they've chosen colours from the Australian Yeah. yeah. They've chosen colours from the Australian landscape. Myrtle or something. Yeah. It's like. Jacaranda's purple. Jacaranda's purple. It's like ochre and. Yeah, gum leaves and the colours actually mean stuff. Like you know, yeah. the, the green is about the House of Commons. Mm. So the the commoners, it's about you know the the village common was a yep. bit of grass. Like yep. you know, so that's it's the you know. Whereas the House of Lords, which is I guess our equivalent of our Senate, yep. is you know red is the power of, is the colour of power and royalty and mm. real authority or whatever it is that they you know that they thought that at the time. Right? About, yeah. yeah, so it's kind of. There's that tie in with that, I guess, that history of, you know, where exactly. Australia's kind of, you know, where the system of government's kind of come from. Yeah, Australia's yeah. system is a bit of a pick and mix. So we yeah. bring some stuff from England, we bring mm. some stuff from Canada. The equal representation of the states actually yeah. comes from the US. Yeah. So it's all a bit of a mix yeah. mash that has its own Australian yeah. flair. So, like, a lot of political scientists, they call it the Washminster system because it's kind of a mix <laughs> of Washington and Westminster kind of put yeah. together. It's not a typo or a, you haven't heard, it's Washminster. Yeah. Bit of everything. Just for the poli sci nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, what about um, in terms of the, you know, the legislation and that sort of stuff? So, because um, if the if the if the lower house, you know, like mm-hmm. if that's where the prime minister is, and you know, I think they come to sometimes call it the house of government. Yeah. You know, is that kind of most legislation would sort of start there, wouldn't it? Yeah. So usually, um, the government or the opposition um, will propose what's called a bill. So there's actually an episode of Parks and Rec about how a bill becomes a law. And uh-huh. that's, yeah, it's I great. I watch that. I love Parks and Rec. I love Parks and Rec. So good. Anyway, it's that talks about the American yeah, system, so cool. it's not really relevant. Yeah. But everything starts off as a bill and it'll be a proposed bill and they'll be like, we need to change something. Yeah. Um, and then that gets debated in the House of Reps and then that gets sent to the Senate and the Senate mm. checks over it and the Senate has to agree with it exactly. Yeah. So in order for it to be passed back to the mm. House of Reps... Yeah. to then become a law. Yeah, so that's why it's called the House of Review. Exactly. Kind of makes sense. It reviews them. Wow, funny these things actually make sense. Yeah. It's kind of logical. Exactly. Some things are totally illogical, but that one actually is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But the Senate can make amendments. It can check me like, mm, actually, we don't really like this bit, yeah. and send it back to the House of Reps, and then they'll amend it, and then they, it just kind of goes pew, 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 so pew, they, pew. And so the members of those houses, they kind of would have different sort of ideas of what their yeah. role is, right? So you've kind of got... You know, the lower house, it's made up of these, you know, one, you know, one person, one vote, one mm. small little community or big community, depending on which part of the country, and they yeah. like one member of parliament. And so that person really, their job is to really to represent 
their local exactly area you know they want to represent the interests of the local community but also it doesn't mean that it's sort of like they just sort of take a straw poll every single time there's an issue they kind of they are elected because of what they believe in as well exactly. so they can make their own choices obviously yep. but they they want to weigh that up and that's sort of the where the senators I guess their whole way of thinking is that, mm. and there's often this sort of this bit of a thing around senators that they kind of take their job super seriously. Yeah, it's probably there's probably a bit of ad, not animosity, but sort of good, good, good humoured sort of like yeah, competition, competition between the two houses. But they yeah. they take their role as you know providing that review, and so you'd have, you know, the, often there's been times where the senate's been sitting until the very early hours of the morning, exactly. going through amendment after amendment after amendment yeah. to bills to really go through with a fine tooth comb, mm. and part of that is. Um, and we might talk talk about this in a little bit, um, is the fact that because of, you know, states are are voting for more senators and so of the 12 senators, six are elected at a time. So, you know, if we have an election every three years, the House of Reps... Their term is three years? Yes. Yeah, Whereas three years. Whereas the senators, they really get six-year terms. The only difference is the territory senators, they get elected every election. Yep. Um, So you're there for, you know, but if if a... State, like you think about Tasmania, with I think it's like five hundred thousand people that yeah. live there or that vote there or whatever it is. Yeah, if you want to be a senator, move to Tasmania. Yeah, to, well, you know exactly right. And so you have the Greens. You know you have you know Pauline Hanson in Queensland mm. getting up because there's actually a lower threshold. You don't need a majority plus one. Exactly. After preferences, you actually just need a, you know, I think it works out to, you know, just under just over one sixth of the vote. Yeah. Or whatever it is, plus one. There's a whole quota system that you mm. can you can look up, and we might we might do like elections at some later point, right? Yep. But you can bring out your spreadsheets. Yeah, I bring out my <laughs> spreadsheets. But um, and so and so, what happens is you get you get government members, and you get opposition members. We have this big, you know, body of of people who actually aren't either, and we call that the crossbench. And they're exactly. people from minor parties, so the Greens, Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party, um, Bob Catter. Yep. I mean, even though he's in the lower Clive house. Um, yeah, Clive Palmer's been there. Jackie Lambie, the Jackie Lambie Network. Yeah. Um, we all love Jackie Lambie. She's great. Um, uh, and so there's all these different yep. minor parties um, that make up. And, and the crossbench, they have the, in the Senate, they have this, I guess, like a really oversensitive understanding, not in a negative sense, but yeah. um, they're really aware of the fact that, you know, they're not there to push the government's agenda or the opposition, opposition's agenda. They're mm. actually there to represent their local states and their local yep. communities. And they actually want to say, well, let's actually, we want to, you know, and often it's very rare that the government in the House will actually have a majority in the Senate. It's only exactly. happened twice since World War Two or World War One or something, yep. right? And so... Means that the government has to negotiate with the with the Senate and mm. negotiate with the crossbench to sort of try and you know get some a lot of negotiation, yeah, like a it. lot of talking to each other, trying to work out what's going to be best, and yeah. a lot of like representing your own mm. state and being like, how is this going to impact yeah. Queensland? How is this going to impact New South yeah. Wales? How is this going to impact the Northern Territory? Mm. We need you to be looking at how this is going to play yeah. out in everybody's lives instead yeah. of just like here's this idea, let's yeah. go do this thing. Like and you, yeah. and you see like the Centre Alliance and and. Jackie Lambie is being really strong on that and they yeah. actually do really well they they whether you might agree with them or not they they get right in there and they say well I'm actually going to stand strong you know what you know Jackie Lambie is always talking about the community in Bernie and mm. Tasmania about what she can actually achieve for them and, exactly. and direct funds down that way which is you know that's part of the trade-off of the way the system works yeah. but it means that really you know what Jackie Lambie is doing is she's saying well this is my community and I'm here to represent them mm. and I'm here to get the best deal for them that I can yeah. and that kind of shows exactly what you're saying the system is really working really well and um, 
some would agree or disagree to yeah. certain extent, but I think it shows at least the system is fluid in the way that it kind of it, it, it operates. Yeah, exactly. And you have some experience with the House of Reps and that kind of area, yeah. don't you? Yeah. At more of a state level, but yeah. also in... Yeah, and so it's kind of pretty similar. Yeah. So on, on the whole, most of the states have a very similar sort of system yeah. in terms of the, the way the legislature works and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, the whole, the whole legislature, executive and judiciary, it's pretty similar across the yeah, country. Yeah, it's like echoed in the state system yeah, and, and they have their own state constitutions yeah. and that. Exactly, kind of and so I'm. You know, I grew up in New South Wales, and so we have rather than the House of Reps and the Senate, we have the Legislative Assembly, which is the lower house, yeah. and the Legislative Council, which is the upper house. And so mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to spend a few years working for my local member of Parliament in Campbelltown, mm-hmm. which I spoke about in our intro episode. Um, but yeah, and it was really cool. Like I got a really, you know, really close view of what life was like, yeah, like a wow. politician. I mean, often people just sort of assume that all the pollies do is turn up to parliament once every, you know, two two weeks out of a month for four months yeah. of the year, and they do nothing else. <laughs> just being able to be there and seeing that, mm-hmm. you know, sure, there's a part of that which is, you know, my boss would go in and speak in parliament and would debate and would get to get up and ask a question at question time and yep. would make speeches and uh, would be part of parliamentary committees. Yeah. You know, so um, all that sort of stuff, but also the, just the impact of being out there in your local community. That being an MP in the lower house, whether it's in the legislative assembly in New South Wales or mm-hmm. the House of Reps federally, that you have to get it. You have to be in and around your community. Exactly. You have to really put in the hard yards. You know, but also the fact that you know a big part of my job was helping to meet with constituents. And yep. so if people had issues, you know, as simple as people's power poles outside their house were down. Yeah, a lot of my work was working in public housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people ring up and say, look, I've, I've got nowhere to live. Yeah. And being able to really work with the housing department to try and get people houses into temporary accommodation. Mm. and Important stuff. You know, it's sort of like a gateway thing that you're, you're really the face, as the MP in the MP's office, you're the face of the government in exactly. your local area. And so you've got to be on the ground, you've got to be connected, and you've got to be able to make those connections and get and open the doorway for people to access the government because the government's there to serve the people. It's not there to just to be its own thing, right? And so That's so true. Um so, yeah, so that's sort of a, a part of it, you know, and, and it's, you get the fun stuff. Like you go into Parliament House and that yeah. sort of stuff and you get to sit in the little star advisor area and be like, ooh. Um, that's so true yeah. that it's you're the front, like you're the yeah. face. You're They open the door to your office and that's it. Like that's the government to people in their local area. Mm. My sister worked for her local MP yeah. similarly, um, but her federal MP. And yeah. so um, she was in Wills and Wills is a very diverse yeah, um yeah electorate in Melbourne and they are one of the most linguistically diverse electorates in the country and so a lot of her work as someone who worked in the office and a lot of her work with her MP was like was a lot about immigration lots of like language barriers and that kind of thing just trying to help people do everyday things that they didn't know who else to turn to they're like "Uh, I guess I'm going to call the person who is in charge (laughs) Um, and so she did a lot of stuff like you know helping old Greek guys figure out how to get Telstra to come to their house because that just hadn't happened for them and like who else are you supposed to talk to you know Um, lots of stuff about like uh, helping people's visas application Mm. because a lot of those things um that i don't know like they're definitely outside of my realm of experience are like you need your local member or you need someone in a position of power to what's the word um like not commission you but like Mm. to approve to endorse you that's the one like they you need your endorsement from someone who you know is respected and is in a position of power so that you can just live your life as an australian person that's right government isn't shouldn't be this thing that is this external thing pressing down upon the people Mm. but it really should be 
the representative body of the people, a part yep. of our community, that's really stepping up into leadership to help the rest of the community thrive and that sort of stuff. We've gone into yeah. political political philosophy, <laughs> now, but, for um, the people, by the people, with the people. Yeah, that's, that's the it, whole point. Absolutely, and that's the that's the sort of fun part. But enough about the House of Reps. Now, yep. what what can you tell us about senators? So, we talked a bit about you know the role of the local MP, yep. representing the local community. What about the senators? Because they don't really necessarily have a tight knit local community that they represent, right? So, yeah. they might do, but you know, what is it that they do and so senators are a bit more of that like bigger picture overview um, sense of what's happening in the parliament. So they are looking at like how can we represent our people as a whole mm-hmm. instead of just as your local voice, like yeah. the, your, your local voice, but local to your state rather than local to your electorate. Um, so they have a lot of negotiation to do. They That's why it's called the House of Review, like you were yeah. saying, you know, like it it's all about like what does this look like in people's lives and how can we make it better when we're looking at the bills and laws and stuff that the House of Reps is trying to pass. Mm. Um, Like you were saying earlier, there isn't always a majority in the Senate and so that's... And usually it's not. Usually, like, uh, the people who are elected as a government don't have a majority in the Senate. So crossbenchers and minor parties are really essential in, you know, ticking over to give yourself a majority so that stuff can actually pass because things can only pass if everyone agrees. That's it, Um, Or a majority agrees. Not everyone has to agree. But because there's never really a majority in the Senate, you've got to get those, like making special deals with people. That's where it gets all kind of um, very complicated and very like, here's our preferences, here's who we're on the side of. We give you this, we give you, you give us that. Um, Yeah, so they scrutinise the government and public servants and their proposed bills so that they can be refined and amended and that keeps the government accountable. So they are really the ones who are reviewing, overviewing, looking at it and how that could work. the two big things that we see senators do are question time. And so um, that is basically a Penny Wong roast session. Where <laughs> <laughs> she's like, what are you doing with all this money? What are you doing with all Absolutely. of this time? I, would, I, would, hey, I wouldn't want to be Matthias Cormann's shoes. Oh, Pen- yeah. Penny Wong is, she's a fantastic parliamentarian. Yep. And yeah, she's just, she's she's very, not only she's a good parliamentary performer, but she, yep. she just, she knows... You know, she knows, she knows the what to, to ask. Go and the yeah. questions to ask. So, how can I get under their skin so that they have to tell us what they're doing? Um, which is super important because, mm. like, if you don't know where the money's been spent, then those kind of shadows, those like empty spaces, yeah. are where corruption and stuff slips Absolutely. through. You know, like that's, that's where things go wrong. And so, part of what the Senate does is preventing things from going wrong, really, yeah. or like stopping them before they can get too far. That's really cool. Like, and I think that's. A fascinating way of just seeing, you know, I guess we've been talking a bit about the system and mm. why is it important to know how the system works? Like, why does the system matter for us and for young Catholics and that sort of stuff? I know that, like, during election time, last election, all of my friends separately were like, Bridget, wait, how does this actually work? And I think the reason why it's so important to know how it works is because that makes your vote Meaningful. Yeah. I mean, like, your vote's your vote either way, and it gets counted. But if you are more intentional with the way that you're voting, if you're more intentional with just, like, how you're using that power, it's empowering to know how the system works and knowing where your vote goes. Um, and not just your vote, but your voice in everyday life. So it means that you can be like, oh, I should contact my local member about this because this is something that I want to see changed. Yeah. That's the whole reason why they exist is mm. so that you can call them up and be like, hey, this matters to me do something about it yeah um 
And I think knowing how to work the system, work the system, that sounds a bit dodge, but like knowing how the system works also mm. means that um, you can be a part of it. You can make your voice heard and you can do good things with it. And I think for Catholics, it's most important because it means that we can bring that Catholic ethos in the way that we want to and the way that we think is going to make a difference. Yeah, no, I think I think it's spot on. Like I think, um, you know, just knowing that your local MP is there for you, yeah. that you can contact them, you can make your voice known, you can write them a letter, you can write them an email, you can call them up and ask for an appointment. Yeah. And say this is what I think, and I'm going to tell you what I think. Yeah. And, or it might just be as simple as you know I'm really passionate about this in our local community. I think we need to start doing stuff about it. And yeah. if I know how the system works, I actually know how I can then actually con- contact the system. Yeah. Or the people in the system. Yeah. <laughs> and how I can actually you know kind of not leverage but um, use what you know about the system and use the system to the advantage of what you're trying to achieve. Exactly. Um, and I think that's actually how we can actually you know, achieve some real change yeah. in kind of, I guess, in simple ways or in really accessible ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, the system is sometimes intentionally confusing to mm. keep people out. Yeah. And if you know that, then you can empower yourself and you can empower others who don't understand how it works. Yeah. Because often the people who don't understand how it works are most vulnerable at being, you know, manipulated by the system or getting locked out of it. Yeah. Um, and so being able to use your voice is so important. For example, like refugees. People yeah. on a refugee status aren't citizens of Australia, so they can't vote. Absolutely. But you can, hmm. which means that if you know how to work the system, if you know how to contact your local MP, if you know how to, you know, badger all of the senators in your Absolutely. state, it means that you can use your power for others, which is basically the whole point. We're all in it together. That's the whole point of our nation and our democracy is yeah. that it represents each other and ourselves. And so if we're using that in a way that as Catholics, our vote does matter, if we're showing them this is important to me, both as a Catholic and as a person, yeah. um, those issues can be met with challenge, like they can be challenged and they can be mm. um, appropriately addressed in the way that we think they should be. Yeah. And for those who are really interested in this and think, you know, well, Maybe it's something getting involved in politics and actually running one day and yeah. becoming an MP or a senator or whatever it is, you know. Like I think just the importance of that, that, you know, Pope Francis has been quite clear as saying we actually need really good Catholic politicians. We do. It's, a, it's actually a key vocation, Yeah. That, you know, that part of being Catholic is I actually think we're, we've got some really good ideas of how we should look after one another and how, what it means yeah. to be a fair and just society. And, and, you know, if that's you and you're listening, you know, go for it and, and, and don't be afraid of, of stepping into that and, and having a crack. Yeah. Um, and don't be afraid involved. of joining a party and getting involved because you're allowed to change your mind later. Yeah, that's it. Well, hello. <laughs> yeah. Look at me now. No. So, yeah, exactly. 100%. That's great. Yeah. That's well, good. that seems like a pretty good place to wrap us up. Yeah. Um, We hope you guys will listen to our next podcast on whatever we talk about. Um, Let us know what you care about and what you think other people should care about. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and yeah, thanks for joining us. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We've had some fun. Yeah, it's been good. (laughs) uh, Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next time.